police in the morning. Stars as Susie Banyan, a young American ballet dancer who arrives at a prestigious European dance academy run by the mysterious Madame Blanc and Miss Tanner. But when a series of bizarre incidents and horrific crimes, including what Entertainment Weekly calls the most vicious murder scene ever filmed, turn the school into a walking nightmare of the damned, Susie must escape the academy's unspeakable secret of supernatural evil. Experience the most shocking and hallucinatory horror movie in history as you've never seen or heard it before. Now featuring the fully remastered landmark score by Goblin and a heart-stopping new film transfer supervised by director Dario Argento and cinematographer Luciano Tavoli. This is the definitive version of Suspiria, an aria of terror beyond imagination and one of the most extraordinary horror films ever made. I'm Corey. And I'm Paul. And we are the, the B-Movie, B-Movie Bros. Bros. Here are B-Movie's best for our ability. Sometimes we get off topic, but randomness is a gift. Here we are at the beginning of Italian month with uh, the Dario Argento classic Suspiria from 1977. You heard what the back of the DVD box had to say. Let's dive right into the shit with our technical difficulties top and bottom three. Where would you like to start, Paul? Let's start with the top. Go ahead, then. All right, so I like the fact this movie doesn't directly tell you everything it's it's vague but like you can kind of figure things out i mean there's a lot of exposition but like you don't really know exactly what's going on for most of it it's still creepy and all and i don't know i I feel like it struck like a decent balance with giving you information and like you know bit not being super like you know you have to figure it out yourself like a lot of like a lot of modern films are it avoids spoilers a little bit unlike us yeah Number two, the music by Goblin and Dario Argento is just incredible. It's haunting. It makes every scene feel otherworldly. It was really good. I mean, it gets a bit repetitive at times, but um, and it's a little funny. Like um, it'll stop when like a character goes into no- to one room, then restart when they leave the room. <laughs> it's it's a little ridiculous, but it, it's enjoyable. One and number one, the atmosphere of this movie is just unlike anything I've seen. It's really eerie. Like the way the um. The scenes, the building looks so big just based off, like, how it's filmed and, like, the colors and everything. A lot of, like, bright red. It's very um, otherworldly, to say the least. So, for me, number three on the top, the lighting in this movie tries its best to set the tone and the mood. That hallucinatory experience that they talked about. And really just to differences between characters, between times, between... You know, is this really happening or is it all in her head? You know, really adds to the whole experience. Number two, just like Paul said, the music. It's very awesome. I love it, even though, like, it's used repeatedly. There's, like, three songs in this movie or three instrumentals, I guess, that are used, like, constantly in, like, this cycle. But every time one of them comes on, one of them comes on I smile a little bit. And number one, the murder of the runaway dancer at the beginning of the movie is definitely, in my opinion, the climax of the film. You know, from there, the movie still happens, but that is definitely the best part. It's just overkill from the stabbing to the hanging to the shattering glass. And, you know, everything about it is kind of a perfect murder. 
Yeah, I see why at the time they considered this the goriest film ever, because it, it definitely was pretty brutal at times. I mean, I've seen way worse now, but this is in 1977, so maybe maybe I've been ruined for a lot of this stuff. Like, uh, we need to go back to a simpler time. So for the bottom three, number three, so this movie kind of lacks in plot and character development. I mean, it has a plot and has characters, but, like, it, it it doesn't really matter, which I know is the point. Like, you're not supposed to care about the plot in this particular movie because it's about, like, you know, experience certain scenes. But it, it's it's not there. Like, you can't really read much into the film. I mean, you, you can to an extent. I know that some people theorize that certain scenes are um, meant to reference Nazi Germany. I don't really know how. Like, I think the, um, the one teacher and the scene where, like... Um, the blind guys, like, just in an empty um, kind of area. Like, I, I don't know. It's weird. It takes place like in Germany. Everything references yeah. Nazis. That, that's, that's, like, one thing. It's like, oh, it references Nazis because it takes place in Germany. Well, oh, yeah, that, that would be a thing. Maybe that an interest in the occult and the old German professor. Like, Yeah, I think that's what they were going for, but I, I don't know. It's... It's not even important, to be honest, so whatever. Number two, the dialogue is just really awkward and weird. And I, I know they're trying to set, like, a surreal kind of environment, but it's just really weird when, like, the, the lines just seem random for the most part, and I apparently, like, they were intending for some of the lines, like, originally the characters were supposed to be, like, much younger, but... They gave them to grown women, and it just sounds really weird when some of them say it. It's um something else. Like, and number one, so ignoring everything in this movie, so apparently this movie is a part of a trilogy, like consisting of Suspiria, Inferno, and Mother of Tears. Mother of Tears is one of the worst fucking movies I've ever seen. It's like at Dario Argento's low point where like he stopped doing all the cool atmospheric stuff, so he's just left with his script and then like dialogue and all that other stuff and he's just not good at it. Like he he's best known for like the the lighting and the like surreal kind of like almost like like fairy tale like um like scenes. And when he doesn't have that his movies are at least from what I've seen, his movies just suck. <laughs> Paul, let me introduce you to Dario Argento's Dracula, oh God. where he discovers the magic of CGI. Yeah, I, I definitely. It doesn't even necessarily have to be like a um, a fairy tale like thing. Like I liked opera, even though like there are things about that movie that are just stupid. And but um, it just makes there's something about like just about, like, certain scenes with music and how it's filmed that Dario Argento does really well, but, like, in later films, like, when he, like, kind of just, I don't know, he, he just stops doing that kind of stuff, and it's, like, it, it just doesn't work. I, I don't know. This is, this is definitely him at his high point, but I'm also reminded of, like, the low point, which I, th I kind of feel like he's still in. So, for me, the bottom number three, there are so many scenes in this movie that just take too long to reach the climax or end just to move on to the next part, causing the movie itself to overstay its welcome. I mean, this is the, the uncut remastered from the original whatever the fuck. It's 98 minutes long, and I, I mean, to me, honestly, after 13 minutes and the 
runaway dancer is killed, the movie could just end. Like, like, fuck it. I don't need any more after that. Everything after that just was wasting seconds off of my life. Number two. You know, I mentioned spoilers earlier, but, you know, the big bad witch at the end of the movie is invisible. But she gives away her position by sitting on the softest bed in the fucking world, which causes a distinct human-like impression to be on the bed. And there was also some, like, shimmery, glowy, like, light shit. But, it, you know, it gives away the position. If you want to hide and you're invisible, don't be somewhere that gives your shape away. Apparently, like, back in, like, earlier in the film when, like, the psychiatrist is talking to her, her about how magic is um, just mental... Um, was it mental um, disability? No, no. M- mental illness. Mental illness and everything manifested. That was supposed to be like a reference to that. I don't really remember how, but like, yeah, I remember watching this thing. Like, just stab the outline. <laughs> and number number one, oh, just like what Paul just mentioned. To me, there are so many unanswered questions in this movie. Who killed the runaway dancer? Why witches? What what were the witches' plan? What did they want to gain? Will Susan ever dance again? Like, nobody knows. And honestly, I don't give a shit because this movie is now over and I don't have to watch it again. Sounds about right. So, Paul mentioned the dialogue and how terrible it is in this film, so let's give ourselves a good old-fashioned quote war. Quote war. We'll quote this movie back and forth. You can tell us who had the better quotes. I'll start us off with, I can't stand to live in a boarding school like a 10-year-old. The inconvenience will only be for one night. We'll all sleep together. Impossible. There's got to be another way out of here. I always got kicked out of school, beginning in kindergarten. On a restricted diet, they give you wine? I once read that names, which begin with the letter S, are the names of snakes. Hell is behind that door. Let's call in an exorcist and have it purged. That ends this episode's edition of Quote Wars. If you have a favorite quote from this movie or anything else you'd like to say about it, please leave it in the comments below. It's time to give this film our final take. Remember, friends, our final take is a score on our shot scale. Our shot scale is a reverse scale. One to ten, one being the best, ten being the worst. How many shots do you need to get through this film? I think you might have guessed I'm on the high scale, high side here, and I gave it an eight out of ten. I'm kind of the opposite. I gave it a three out of ten, so together it adds up to ten. So... I'm super confused as to what this movie was supposed to be. Was it a horror movie? Was it a mystery? Was it a teenage drama cast by with 30-year-olds? It has a few good scenes, and the music is awesome, but there's not much cohesiveness. It's just an amalgam of just fucking scenes that kind of sort of go together to get from one point to another, but tonality, like, they just they don't fit with each other. Oh, yeah, and there's witches, because why not? I don't know exactly what I just watched, but it was not a good movie. Suspiria is one of the most influential horror films of all time, and it's easy to see why. The vibrant colors, haunting music, like uh, create an otherworldly a- atmosphere that makes you feel like as though you're in some kind of twisted fairy tale. And the um, excessive um, violence is, um, I'm sure, helped out as well, since it's known as the goriest film ever at the time. Everything about this film feels surreal and dreamlike in a way few films can pull off. Suspiria is truly Argento at his best. That being said, the scenes that aren't surreal can really seem rather drawn out and weird, with awkward dialogue likely due to translation issues, 
and characters acting in nonsensical matters, likely due to trying to increase the whole surreal feeling. But it, it, it times it just comes off as kind of goofy and weird. This is also this is also gets, yeah, like I said, this is one of the goriest films of all time at the time, which nowadays it really it loses that aspect. I mean, I've seen way gorier than this, like just like watching almost anything in my movie collection. Though, like, I mean, I thought at first I might have seen the wrong version because there's like multiple versions. Um, some of them were um were cut like short. Like allegedly, there's a hundred and twelve minute one, but that's actually not true. That was just um or hundred and seven minute. I don't remember. I can't do math. Um, version, but that's actually not true. That was just from the trailer, and they messed up the math. I don't know. It's weird. There's a lot with this movie, but you know. Um, yeah, I don't think it quite lives up to the hype, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it better the first time I watched it. I feel like once you've seen it and you know what to expect, it kind of loses a lot of its charm and a lot of its, um, a lot of the feeling behind it. Um, I think the best way to describe this film is to say Suspiria is more of an experience than a story. It lacks a strong plot or characters, and... A lot of the uh, dialogue is either weird or expositional, but if you can kind of let yourself get lost in the atmosphere, if you're really not not sure what to expect, and maybe you have a very limited idea of what horror can be, then you'll definitely walk out of this with a new perspective. I kind of feel like you need to be in the right state to watch it, and like, um, I don't know, maybe in a few years when I've forgotten about it, I'll um, appreciate it more. I just have to say, it fills me with like a sense of dread to know that this has been remade, and the remake is like three times as long, or some shit like that. Like this movie's already drawn out as much as it can be. I hear the remake's like completely different, but I I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I I would hope so. Well, you know you know my reason for this, but we'll give you some ways to drink away the splick. Drink away the splick. So come on and grab you a drink. Let's drink away the splick. Bum, 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 bum. We'll use some drinking games for this film, but remember, friends, drink responsibly. Number one, every time a camera moves through a hallway, take a drink. Number two, every time it's raining, take a drink. Number three, whenever someone is dancing, take a drink. And number four, anytime someone is expelled or fired from the school, take a drink. Every time Susie drinks, take a drink. Every time someone mentions the director, take a drink. Every time you see the color red, take a drink. And every time someone is wandering through a hallway, take a drink. And those are your ways to drink away the splick. If you have any thoughts about this movie or anything else B-Movie related, leave us a comment on your iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also email us at gmail.com, like us on Facebook at facebook.com, or on my personal Twitter at bmoopal. Consider donating to our PayPal uh, consider donating to our PayPal or Patreon accounts. Links are right below. Well, we've come to the end of week one of Italian Month, so of course, in the top spot, number one is Suspiria from 1977. Yeah, pretty simple. I have a feeling it's not going to stay there for you, though. Well, you know, what says Italy more than the Wild West of Utah? Guess we'll find out next week when we take a look at Lucio Fulci's 1975 Spaghetti Western, Four of the Apocalypse. Until next time, friends, be brave, be alive, and be back for more.
Ja, då var ni. 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 Ja, då var ni.